David Kukutai Jones, we're in the second day of Tohu Takatapui 2014. Um, and it is freezing. We're sitting in the Farikai. Now, how has the Hui been? And what kind of organisation ninja skills do you have to have to pull this off? We're only on day two, but uh, even from the start, when the when the kranga rang out at the porphyry, um, I was um, overwhelmed um, with everything that had gone right up until that point. And the karanga set it off on a really positive note, um, so much so that I just sort of trusted the process that um, everyone had followed up until that point. And so I knew that the the outcome that was envisaged would actually come about. And it's the second day now. Um, the first day was wonderful. The second day is even better. Uh, and we've got one more to go. And I, I can just only imagine that it's going to be as good as or perhaps even as better as the last two days. And what number hui is this? I mean, you've come to a number of these in the past? Yeah, so, well, my first one, um, I had been invited by the organising committee uh, to run workshops on wairua and spirituality. And at that, at that time, though, I thought, oh, these are just a bunch of, you know, they're sort of either young kids or... Um, 20-somethings, they sort of felt invisible, so I didn't really think that um, they would regard Waidua as having a place in their particular lives at that time. Uh, so I turned the whole um, uh, the whole focus of the seminar on Waidua into a um, into a, a game show for everybody, um, and um, I got them interested on in spirituality on that particular level. So we had. Um, Takatapui's next top witch doctor, um, and, it was, uh, and all of the participants were um, competing against each other um, regarding their knowledge of modern spirituality. But from there, um, I really liked the feeling that I got from the particular hui's because it was all about kotahitanga, all about unity, and all about oneness. And that's um, and although we're a really um, broad cross section of the GLBT community. Um, we all seem to camp, come together on those commonalities. And from then, um, uh, I went to an ex, uh, another one, and uh, this, is, this will be my third one, but it actually is the chair in organising this one. You know, it's a, there's a really lovely feeling here of, I mean, the, what people are talking about tends to be quite heavy, around various coming out stories and experiences of being takatapui and what's that, what that has meant in terms of community. But the feeling here is really lovely, eh? It's of acceptance and non-judgment. I mean, people are talking about it, but it's quite another thing to feel it, eh? Yeah, I think um, for a long time, um, a lot of the GLBTQI community um, I had always been quite dissatisfied with the way that um, the heterosexual community had perceived them um, uh, in that um, uh, they were totally alien to um, our normal um, society so the issues that affected them were entirely of their own and that sort of thing 
But if we look at a higher level at the human condition and that need for love and acceptance and that sort of thing, that runs right across society. And so um, this particular cross-section of the community came together with, with, that, with that in mind, those values in mind. Um, and so they can express anything, um, they can talk about anything, and they can be quite frank about it. Um, but they'll know that their views will be heard, heard and you know, respected. As a young man yourself, when you came out, would a rōpū like this have been beneficial for you? Yeah, yeah, undoubtedly. And although this has been going since 1986, I had been so uh, caught up with um, other things in my life that um, as my sort of sexuality itself um, was put on the wayside. So I was a virgin up until 26. <laughs> That's <laughs> and then when I found out, and then when I found out how to use it, well, then I was away. But um, <laughs> but if I had known about these types of um, forums and these types of conferences, um, then perhaps I would have approached that part of my life a little bit earlier. coming year after year? No. The, um, there are the, you know, the stalwarts and the, the ones that hold everything together. Um, but there's, but depending on where it goes, there's a broader range of people that keep coming. Um, this year was a little bit different because we have tried to incorporate um, our shape whānau who have um, GLBTQI members in their family um, so that they could come and um, listen to some of the concerns that their own whānau members have that perhaps they were unaware of or perhaps they didn't they um, ignored it because they didn't they themselves didn't know how to help their whānau members or you know members of the family who were going through those particular issues um, and in my own case my dad was the same um, and, and he was so cute he um, he was a little bit insecure with me coming out only because he didn't know how to provide leadership for me as a dad and that sort of thing. That's really sweet. <laughs> and luckily I It's saw... really gonky and yeah. nerdy, I love oh, it. Yeah, I know, I know, but because my dad's he's a dad and he takes he's the head of the family and he takes care of the family and what affects the one individual affects the family. So um uh, and I, luckily I saw it for what it was and I had to assure my father that he was a good dad and that um, I have got some issues but I will get through them myself. And what about your siblings? How are they? Uh, they're good. My sister married her wife um, uh, two years ago now. Uh, oh, three, years, uh, three years ago now. Uh, and my other brothers and sisters, um, I'm the oldest, uh, so they sort of found it a little bit comical that they're the oldest and strongest. <laughs> <laughs> of their brothers had come out um, but they're totally accepting because um, to a certain degree I was um, I was a you know strong mentor for all of my brothers and sisters and you've been I mean you got married yourself yes um, um, 11, 12, 13 11th of December 2013 um, my partner and I we I got married at the registry office <laughs> uh, here in Hamilton City and then um, we had a big family dinner together that evening. It was very nice. So how valuable was it that gay marriage was legalised then for you? Well, for, uh, for me individually, um, as an individual, 
um, I love my partner. And to me, that's all that, that, all that really matters. But I could see how important it was for my partner to, you know, to go through that ritual of belonging and that sort of thing. And so I did it for my partner. Because basically, eh, David, the thing is, it's about making people visible. So prejudice, homophobia is so insidious because it makes people invisible. One of the funniest things, I suppose, is that people don't know that they're being homophobic sometimes um, uh, because they don't recognise things outside of their own immediate sphere. And so those things that sort of seem alien or unlike them, they tend to ignore. I mean, I've got to say, I've been, a, I've been really horrified at some of the stories that have been coming out. So, for instance... Um, people with HIV, people who have died, and the way Marae have responded to that. Mm-hmm. In terms of them being not allowed to be buried in the in Or the, not the, in even the accepting the tupapaku when they yeah, come yeah. back to their, yeah, yeah, yeah. back to their haikainga, and the thing around burying in the urupa, and... Yeah. Um, and that was one of the... Those were a couple of the drivers, I suppose, that... Um, I mean, that's challenging to hear when we live in a... As Māori is supposed to be... Inclusive. You know, whanaingatanga, manaki ki te tangata, you know, manaki aroha. You know, I mean, that's confronting. When I heard that, it was confronting, the fact that some whanau, or even gay whanau, who were going to into Farekai and having their dishes smashed straight after for fear of the local community catching anything, even though they meant the people eating may not have had anything. And then there's other extremes of people passing away from HIV AIDS and being unable to be buried in the family cemetery for fear of any of the um, virus leaching into the into the, the whenua and that sort of thing. Um, let alone the fact that embalming fluid has an even worse effect on the environment. Um, but um, so this, so I saw an opportunity there. I saw an opportunity there not only for... Um, this cross-section of community to come together in oneness and unity and be accepted amongst themselves, but an opportunity to open it broader and to inform those people who were doing those types of things that, um, of, of, to allay them of their fears. And they were, coming, they were coming from those positions because of a lack of information and just no knowledge and, um, of, the, of you know, HIV, AIDS or gay people and that sort of thing as well. So that was one of the main drivers. And... Um, the other day, and the other day, I was um, uh, I laughed a little bit when I heard one of the old queers, and she was reading a flag that was flying out in front of the marae um, as part of the um, safe sex promotions for um, people to wear condoms. <laughs> and the old queer was reading the flag, and it's love your condom. And she she had a good hard look at the flag, and then she went. Love your wee. <laughs> when she saw the condom, but and then she spun around and in Māori she shouted out cancellation for what she had just read, and all the other nannies all burst out laughing. Now there was a couple of nannies there who were a little bit startled, you know, <laughs> with that with that with um with that particular flag, but then they all agreed 
they had come to support their whānau and, the, and support the issues that affected their whānau members who were coming to this hui. And they all said, yes, we're here for a kaupapa, and so we will support the kaupapa. And then they had a good cackle and a laugh, and then they, you know, they went back to their normal day.